0: Welcome to the AR-15 Podcast. AR-15 Podcast. This is the podcast about your favorite black rifle. This show is for you. If you're building your first AR or you've been building ARs for years, there is something we can all do to take our black rifle to the next level. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the AR-15 Podcast. Tonight, we have Amanda McDougal with us from Radiant Weapons. Amanda we're so very happy that you could join us tonight.
1: I'm happy to be here.
0: Well, why don't you introduce yourself and what you do for Radian and Radian Weapons for us so that our listeners can get a heads up before we get into some housekeeping.
1: All right. Um, as he said, my name is Amanda. I've been with the company for a year now. I My official title is the Executive Accounts Manager. Um I have special accounts, OEM, military, and I do compliance as well as some project management. So, you know, everyone in our company wears a million hats, but it works out. Um, our company was originally AXTS. That has been that way since about 2008. Um, we changed November 2016 to Radian, a little bit easier to say. People remember us a little bit better. And, you know, we just need some changes in the company, so... Uh, we manufacture AR-15s and uh, just a bunch of accessories, r- raging raptor charging handles, safety selectors, all that good stuff. So.
0: Outstanding. Yes. All right, JD. So what housekeeping do we have tonight?
2: I don't think we have much housekeeping. Uh, the shirts have shipped. Uh, I talked to Jake uh, a little bit earlier today, so those will be out. Uh, you can check out stuff at PatriotPatch.co. Uh, click on Partners, and uh, you'll see the Air 15 podcast gear there. Thank you to everybody that uh, picked up a shirt or a patch or you're supporting the show. Um, that's about it, man. Other than that, just we're like booking 16 interviews in the next two weeks, so it's uh, a little crazy around here.
0: Well, that's awesome.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. So, Amanda, usually we uh, touch base and figure out what we've been doing in the firearms world. Um. And so we're going to let you tell us what you've been doing, uh, firearms-related, this week that's uh, getting you out and letting you have some fun with firearms.
1: Well, um, we did just design a new charging handle for the DPMS Gen 2, which is, I don't know, it's been a handle that people have been demanding for so long. You know, the 308 platform is a little bit harder to make accessories for due to everyone having their own proprietary designs and profiles. So we just made that. We got to go out, play with that for a little bit, got to shoot a DPMS for the first time. Um, ran very smoothly. I loved it. Uh, we just released a few other charging handles, MPX, MCX, and yeah, our Raptor LT. You know, we just, we get to shoot all these different guns everywhere because, I mean, we have to make something for everybody. So yeah, well, we get to play with everything.
0: That sounds awesome. Now, is that your first 308 uh, Raptor?
1: Uh, no, we actually do have a 308. It's, um, you know, there's no mill specs. So, I mean, it's a little bit, you know, hit and miss with what it does and doesn't fit into, but it, hits a lot more profiles than not as of yet. So
0: well, awesome. Yes. Well, JD, what have you been up to this week? Uh,
2: I, Anthony came to town. Uh, he's over to do some work here in Las Vegas. Um, so we met up and, uh, my son and I went out to the desert with him and, uh, we, Got some rounds off and just able to hang out and catch up. It's been a while since I've seen Anthony. We'll uh, all reconnect at Shot Show here in uh, a couple months. Um, but I was able to hand him his handguard that uh, has been on my workbench for the last six months, with the promise to be mailed out probably once or twice a week. But you know what? He's he's a young man. He's got much better things to do than worry about a handguard. So we were able to uh, get that to him, and he uh, gladly took it back with him in his truck. So it was good to hang out with him and. Uh, get some rounds out, and uh, had fun uh, after dark watching the flaming pig shoot fireballs out. And my son was really impressed with that. So uh, that's what we did this weekend.
0: Well, you know, I haven't really had much of an opportunity to do anything, still getting over the bug. I'm sure you sent that to me in an envelope somewhere.
2: (laughs) I think it's just one of the side effects of being old and salty. Yeah, I think
0: salt is uh, supposed to be the cure-all for anything infectious. That's why we salt pork with it. <laughs> That's
2: right. But I've been ke- I have been keeping you pretty busy, though. We've been cranking out interviews and talking to uh, everybody, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's having to explain to the wife that uh, you're doing five shows a week. has been difficult, I'm sure, for both of us. But, yeah, hey, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's that time of year when everybody wants to talk, and so we're uh, grateful for everybody to come on. And uh, excited tonight to talk about another organ company. Um, i've lived in las vegas for 15 years but i grew up in oregon and it's uh, still considered home so radian weapons on the show is uh, one of those things i'm really looking forward to uh, finding out about the company and uh, the products that they make
0: all right well with that uh, amanda so how did you end up uh, getting into firearms the firearm industry and and more specifically heading over to radian
1: that's actually a good question. Um, I knew somebody, he worked at a few different companies before this, uh, Remington, Magpul, Silencer Co. And I knew him actually from Instagram. And one day he was coming up to Washington and he knew that I lived there. So he asked me to watch his dog and that's how we met. And then he came to my place of business, which I actually ran a movie theater, nothing to do with firearms at all. But he liked how I was doing there. And she, he was just getting a job at Radian and was like, hey, you should work here instead. And it worked out. I just moved down and started working.
0: All right. So <laughs> is firearms before that moment kind of a part of your day-to-day?
1: Actually, yeah. Um, I grew up with my dad, who was a big hunter, um, made me shoot animals all the time, which I did not like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, I mean, it worked out. I, you know, I knew my way around a gun pretty well. So it wasn't, you know going to some, something completely new. It was just I had to learn a few different things because we didn't use an AR-15 for that. So
0: Well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So I think my first exposure to Radian was with the Raptor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think my my first Raptor was bought from Rainier. Um, yes. And then it, it probably wasn't too long after that that I think that uh the, the market for the Raptor just kind of got to a point where it seemed like you became your own uh, sales center, your own websites. You, you, it seemed like you were relying less on uh, intermediaries to sell your products. Kind of tell me about those early days.
1: So early days, uh, 2008, our founder, he created everything, by the way. He's the one who made the Raptor, the Talon, the Lower... Um, he designed the, the first thing that they actually made was the lower and it took about two years to actually get that out. And then they started working on the Raptor, um, wasn't a big enough machine shop to actually do anything. So they marketed it, you know, with Rainier. And so we have a great relationship with them still. Um, but yeah, just because, you know, it's one of the first ambidextrous handles, you know, we have the bigger wings so that if someone's wearing gloves and they have a huge scope on it, they can actually reach under, they can pull it. I mean, it was just something kind of new. So that did take off incredibly quick. So had to get our own machines, which, you know, that was a little bit tough. But they're all here now. We have a whole bunch. And, yeah, now we just do everything in-house by ourselves. It's It grew probably a little too fast, if anything. But, I mean, we got it now. So it's okay. Not the worst.
0: So <clears throat> would you say that the popularity of the Raptor was kind of the a- – the the springboard, even though you'd had the lowers in place before that. I mean, because I remember seeing the Raptor, and I'm left-handed, and to me it was kind of an ideal solution. It also seemed a lot more robust than a bunch of the, you know, kind of rudimentary lefty solutions. Yeah. And, you know, I think probably in short order I had four or five of them. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you start trying to, you know, Operate a, you know Traditional charging handle with your right hand And it gets a little strange So, and the Raptor was ideal For me, but You know, I think at the same time That the Raptor came to My attention, we were dealing With incredible demands Production wise on Rifles, on receivers, on parts And I don't recall It being easy necessarily To always be able to find A lower receiver, so I can't imagine that you guys weren't facing the same uh, production pitfalls that everybody else was facing. So did the Raptor just kind of allow you to gain a foothold right then and there with that product and get your name out?
1: Oh yeah, 100%. Um, The lowers, when we first started making them, they were actually forged and very hard to make. So, I mean, with the Raptor's popularity, that's how people kind of found out about us. Even if people didn't know about the ADAC system on our lower, the Raptor just, You know, that helps pave the way for everything. I mean, even now that we have full, you know, functioning ARs, super nice ones, I mean, everything that we do is just based around the Raptor. That is what, you know, sells everything for us. So it's been crazy but awesome.
0: So break down your kind of your product lineup outside of the charging handle and and kind of where they fit in uh, into that pre- and post-Raptor stage. So, I mean, we've got the, before the Raptor, you were doing the receivers. Mm -hmm. You also have some weapons mounts, I mean, some uh, optic mounts. Um, You've got the Talon. Yes. Um, Let's see. Uh, Just kind of walk me through that whole product lineup there.
1: All right. Well, we have our Talon, um, also ambi, so it's on both sides. Um, We have it a little bit more unique. We can do either a 45 or 90-degree throw, which – you know, I mean, that does matter a lot to certain people. Um, we have different sizes of levers for that, and it's a dovetail interface. So there's no screws, anything crazy like that. You simply just um, use one of our tools, put a little detent spring in there, pop the lever on, and it's super easy to use. Um, we have them, like I said, four different lengths. We have short, medium, medium tapered, and long. Um I mean, it, it depends on the shooter, what you want to use. Our most popular is the long short. And now that I have talons on everything that I use, every single time I pick up something with that one, I just, I feel lost without it. It's, I mean, it's just weird. Um, we make our MRO mounts, just, you know, Trijicon MRO. We are going to be designing for some other mounts here soon, probably after we move. Obviously, we can kind of get that up and going. Uh, we have our lightweight cutie end plate. Um, it's actually, I think it's about four ounces, and it's got a little titanium bearing. Um, actually, these are ridiculously strong. I was shocked. Uh, one of our, our main production guy, when he was still with us, he was a pretty big guy, you know, over 200 pounds. And he actually put um, a strap into that and hung off of it and just hung on this, like, tiny little four-ounce end plate. It was just insane. You know, I don't think anyone ever needs that, but, I mean, we have it in case... You know, you want to carry something ungodly heavy with it, but I mean, at least it works and it is ridiculously light, which, you know, that's what people really care about right now is four ounces. So, um, we actually, they're not on our site just yet, but we will be selling, um, Ford assists here soon. They're titanium. They are actually really nice looking. They have our little logo on them. Yeah, um, I think, sell I, them.
0: I think I see that on one of your receivers.
1: Yes, uh, probably our upper receiver, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so we have those. Uh, They should be for sale here very soon. What else? Uh, We have our own takedown pins. I
0: saw those. Are those um, traditional steel? Are they titanium? Are they?
1: Yes, so they are titanium. Um, The thing that kind of makes them different is I'm sure you guys have all lost a spring or a detent just flying into oblivion. Well, with ours, you have to lose both at the same time because they're actually connected. So I mean it's it's a little bit tougher to actually lose a spring that flies out with a detent and it weighs it down like you know barely but it does work so I mean we we kind of, we just kind of try and make everything a little bit easier for the end user and you know slightly different than your normal part but it's also slightly more helpful so Well
0: that's and, pretty awesome. Yeah. All right. So you know, J.D. is a big fan of the receivers. He doesn't actually build them. Don't let him kiss you. Um, why don't you walk me through your your lowers and your uppers? Just kind of tell me about them.
1: Alright, um, so we have our lower with the Adax system, which is the ambidextrous um, I always forget what this stands for even though it, I shouldn't. Um, ambidextrous Dual Action Control. Um, so you have your mag release. Um, with ours If Say you have to clear a malfunction, all you need to do, if you're a right-handed shooter, this is actually very easy. You just pull the charging handle back, push your mag release button in and let go, and it actually acts as a bolt catch as well. And clear malfunctions a lot quicker that way, and you still have full control of your mag release. So we have that. Our lower is ambi, so we have our bolt release and mag release on the other side as well for left-handed shooters, which makes that, you know, much easier. Um, with, if you do purchase our lower, it does come with all the proprietary parts. So that would be anything like that, that I just explained. And then, um, our talons are in there and I believe that's it. But if you do purchase a full rifle, we do include an AR gold trigger, which is a single stage. It is ridiculously smooth. I love it so much. Um, they're black. Usually they come in gold if you buy them directly from them, but you know, that's a little too gold for us. So. They allow us to do the black, but that is actually one of the nicest triggers I've actually ever played with. So I'm glad that we actually use them. Um, the uppers are also made in house. Right now, we don't have a left handed upper. Someday, you know, I'm trying to talk us into it, but we'll see. Um, we have the M rail. Like I said, uh, we have different sizes 8 7, 10 5, 14 5, 16, 17 5, and a 20 inch nozzler. Uh, the barrels that we use are shillin' blanks, so they are. Bit heavy, but they are, you know, we do guarantee sub MOA with those. They're super slick, very nice. Um, they actually look really nice too with the gun that we have. So I'm a fan. And dust cover is pretty standard. So, you know.
0: So, in terms of your unbarreled uppers, um, <laughs> it looks like it comes with an upper receiver mated to a proprietary handguard. I mean, it, yeah. it looks like a seamless transition. Um, tell me about your, your handguard. Um, well, I guess they you sell them as a complete set, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: So why don't you tell me about your, your setup here?
1: So we do sell it as a set so, you know, people who like to build, they can feel free to do so. Uh, we have our own, let's see, we have our own barrel nut wrench that comes with it. Um, everything that we sell is actually going to come. It's all um, type 3 hard anodized with uh, just our black Cerakote over the top, which that's our own black color. Everyone has their own, so we do too. Um, Without the barrel in there, they are actually a lot lighter. Not on the lightest side, but, you know, they're pretty comparable to a lot of other rifles, I guess. Um, They come in every size that we offer with the full rifle. Uh, Pretty good price for it, but, yeah, they do need to come as a set. We are considering doing a rail that's not going to be proprietary, so you don't have to buy the upper with it if you don't choose to, but right now you just have to buy it as a set, so...
0: And so if you had one of your uppers, it wouldn't be configured to fit some other aftermarket handguard. It would be required to be made into one of your handguards?
1: Yes, with our handguard. Yep, that's just those seamless lines that were part of the original. Because we weren't planning on actually selling anything as a set. It was just all, you have to buy a rifle or nothing. But then, you know, we were nice and cut it all up, so...
0: Well, I, I see on your, your upper receiver you have what looks like an orienting pin that seems to fit into a corresponding hole in your handguard so you can yeah. keep your orientation correct uh, regardless of whatever mounting difficulty. I think that's something I've never seen before. I've never seen anybody try to create a way for the two to mate properly.
1: Well, we like to make it so that you have no wobble with anything, even if you put someone else's upper on our lower um, or, you know, our upper on someone else's lower. I mean, we want to make it so that it is as tight and as seamless and as easy for the person who's building it to do. So, I mean, that does kind of help with that.
0: So do you find that there's more interest in the component, constituent, receivers, and handguards versus rifles, or do you find that it's the rifles that kind of lead the way?
1: So the rifles at the moment, they do lead the way, but we did just release the the combo set, I think, like last month. So, But when we did release that, we did get quite a few people. Um, I think right now with how the market is, people can actually afford to just buy parts and pieces from, you know, wherever they want and build their own gun. And I think that that's also kind of like the weird social media cool thing to do right now is, you know, build their sets and building your own thing. So, I mean... I think since we just started with it and once we, you know, start advertising more for that you can build your own set, I think that that will actually really take off here soon. And we like to give people that option now, you know. You don't have to buy the full Radian Model 1. You can just pick and choose what you want. So,
0: so in terms of where Radian wants to be, are you going to basically be a a custom component shop or are you going to ever – get to the point where you're selling other people's barrels and uh, selling the components that you don't make yourself so that people can stop one place and pick up everything they need from a build from you.
1: Right now there's no plans on doing that. Um, I know that we are going to be working on a few different options such as barrels, um, but not really anybody else's parts except for something like the barrel or like the, um, you know, flash hider, muzzle device, that's the word I'm looking for. So, you know, just kind of just tiny little things that we could change. Sometimes it's the stock. Sometimes it's the grip. But for the most part, it's just going to be stuff that we make
0: so for right now. what about things that people typically tend to buy for their rifles, like lower parts kits? I mean, you got some of the parts. Are you going to try to get into that space and uh, make a, a Radian-branded Lower parts kits, upper parts kits, dust covers.
1: We've thought about it, especially with dust covers. I mean, that's just, you know, right now it's just kind of easy just to have them made. That's one of the only things we don't make actually is a dust cover. Um, But we, lower parts kits, we don't have immediate plans for that. I think once we actually get our new shop up and running, we are going to be considering something like that because people ask us all the time for, you know, bull catches. You know, we have like the oversized paddle on our, Um, lower that everyone just, you know, they want. It doesn't fit on, like, any other gun, but they want it. So, I mean, it's not out of the, you know, question that we would be doing something like that. But right now, there's no immediate plans.
0: Well, and you keep mentioning the move. How long has it been since you moved from your old facility to your new?
1: Oh, we actually haven't moved. We actually move in, like, Ah, two weeks.
0: Two weeks? Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) is this the ugly part of a move where – everything's getting crated up and you're having to figure out what you can take down and, you know, put aside so that you don't have to deal with it later and just kind of <laughs> leave the essential skeleton of the, the facility up so that you have the least interruption when you're breaking it all down?
1: Yes, we are trying to do it with the least interruption possible. And honestly, the place that we're moving to is only like two and a half hours away. So it's not the worst move, but Central Oregon is just getting like, dominated with snow right now so that's really what's gonna you know ruin my life i think but um (laughs) so we are going to be doing it in stages so that you know we're not behind on people's orders we're not behind on um all my oem customers and or i'm sorry um distributors all that stuff you know so we're going to be working throughout this move but also trying to make it seamless somehow but i don't know
2: (laughs) If there are any lowers that need like a home, if they're abandoned, when you guys do, I can leave my address. I will give them a great home. I will take care of them. I take the lowers out of the safe every once in a while. We have story time. Huh. It's a great thing. One, one day, they will be real rifles. I just don't know when that day will happen. <laughs> That's
0: yeah, probably sure that... the
1: worst thing is just having a bunch of lowers and not doing anything with them.
2: I'm, yeah. j- I'm trying, but all they're, these – They're going to be built when pigs fly. Yeah, I, I have a like my attention span is really short, so it's like, ooh, you know, I'll buy this lower and I'll do this and I'll put this together and I have the parts. And then I'm like, Oh, I wanna buy that. So I I buy that and then yeah, just they all <laughs> they all pile up. One day I'm hoping that if I just leave them in the safe long enough with all the parts, they'll just like procreate. Yeah, they're not bunnies. <laughs> and they'll come out. So um <laughs> yeah, that's that's the deal. But uh I really, I really like the design of the, the lower that you guys have out, the, the lines on and everything. It looks different than pretty much anything that I see out there. And I'm a lower connoisseur, and uh, I like my lowers from the Pacific Northwest, so I may be a little biased. <laughs> it's
1: okay.
2: You are so we pathological. Be- <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do have a problem, and there's 12 steps, but I haven't gotten to the first one yet. So I'll, uh, one of these days I'll recognize that problem.
0: Baby oh, yeah you just said I have a problem. That's the first step.
2: You're uh, I, in denial. I, was short, I have a short term memory <laughs> issue going on. So I don't remember what I just said
0: so in terms of the the rifles, um was the idea of building rifles all along part of the move to create the receiver, or was it kind of a you know just a natural next step after you start making receivers to build rifles?
1: I think it was actually something that our owner, Josh, he just wanted to do. And he wanted to make like the cleanest, most unique. Well, I mean, I guess it's unique in some terms, but I mean, something that's completely different and just very modern and, you know, not your typical black rifle that you see everywhere. Uh, Something just, you know, super high quality. Um, All the parts on it are just ridiculously expensive to make. So, you know, that's just his style and he wanted to make it and he did.
0: So So in terms of the the choice of calibers, I have to say that it seems like you have a pretty broad selection, but you limit them in terms of the models that they're available. Yes. what, What drives that choice?
1: um functionality mostly i mean the 300 blackout which I, it only comes in our 8 7 and 145 the 145 is something we're not going to be selling very much longer that's i don't know why we even really did that but i mean the 300 the caliber it works the best with certain lengths and 8 7 to 9 inch like that's perfect if you have anything bigger than that it's you know you're going to lose some of its everything i mean it's impact yeah. It's, you know, so we wanted to do a 223 wild so people can use, you know, either 223 or 556 five, uh, without losing any accuracy or having any issues. Um, and the 22 Nozzler, we just started making that. Like, actually, I think we did start it, a, it was a couple months ago, but we haven't really had much time to play around with it. I mean, when we have the 20 inch, which that's the longest one that we have. Um, it ran flawlessly when we kind of went down in Calvers. We're having some issues with gas and all that good stuff, so we didn't want to release anything shorter until we can actually, you know, nail it down and make it perfect. So we will have some more sizes for a 22 Nosler, just not yet. And but then I
0: think you, but you stopped at, you stopped at a uh, 17 and a half for the 223 Wild. Mm-hmm. Why not Why not bring the the 223 up into the 20 inch rifle?
1: We might do that someday. Right now, we just kind of stopped at 17.5. Um, like I said, we do sell rifles, just not enough to really play around with other variations just yet. So I think we're talking about a longer one, just not yet. Right. And then we might, you know, once we do start working on a three oh eight or five, I mean, we will obviously have some nicer lengths with that one, but...
0: So at this point, I mean, would you say you're more of an accessories house, or would you say that you're a firearms company?
1: We definitely call ourselves a firearms company, though most of what we do comes from accessories. Um, I think we definitely want to get more into firearms, but right now with the way the election went Mm -hmm. and gun politics, it's a little bit, we don't want to go crazy and just make all this cool stuff that no one's going to buy, so... We
0: gotta take it easy. Well, I mean, you make cool stuff that people buy all day long, so we <laughs> try. All right, JD. Do you have any questions for Amanda?
2: What do you guys see yourself doing in the future? Like, I, I know, uh, you know, as we get closer and closer to Shot Show, everybody gives me the same. Uh, we, you know, we can't talk about it. But if you were to look five years down the road, um, what do you think Radian would be doing then? Or where do you see the where do you see the vision of the company going?
1: Um, Well, we definitely want to make handles that are compatible with, you know, everything. That's not super practical, but, I mean, we could try. And then just, like I said, more calibers of guns. Um, we did have this idea that we are going to make an AK, but that kind of is on the back burner right now. Um, AR-10, like I said, that's a goal sometime. We just kind of want to make something that everyone will want to use. I mean, you know, we just want to keep designing, so...
2: You're uh, the the uh, Raptor handle that's SD wow. did that where did that come out of when you know where did the inspiration from that because you know there's a lot of you, know, you get the the blackface the gas coming back into your to, to your face when you shoot suppressed where did that where did that idea just come out of? Did somebody have an experience like that and had to you know wipe off their face after shooting suppressed or how did that come to fruition?
1: So that's actually just it. I mean, everyone's tired of getting the blast, the gas blow back in their face, you know, that horrible smell that's in the back of your nose for like hours. Um, you taste it in your mouth. I know that when I first tried an SD, it was because I was out shooting with a bunch of friends and we didn't know what an SD was at the time. And we all went to dinner afterwards and that's all we could talk about was how we can't enjoy anything this is gross. So, I mean, talking to everyone at Radiant about it, nobody really has like an exact story. It's all just kind of stuff like that where. You know, you just, it's gross. You don't like it. So they decided to make something for it. And actually, it does make a difference. Um, I kind of didn't believe that at first because it just, you know, I was, I'm always skeptical about gun parts that claim crazy, awesome things like that. And I mean, you can definitely tell the difference. I mean, it vents not all of the gas back, but a good portion of it out and you don't get smacked in the face with it. It's fantastic. I mean, if we can make some more stuff like that, you know, just innovation and, you know, just take everything that people hate about shooting and then just make it better. Then that's, that's really the goal.
0: Now I, I was going to it? go on record as saying that gunpowder tastes like
2: victory. So oh I, I don't, I don't have a problem with it.
1: <laughs> oh
0: yeah. A little hoppy's number nine and gunpowder tastes like victory. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, Amanda, how is it? Um, I'm I grew up in Oregon mm-hmm. and as we were talking about before the show and, um, how is it, you know, I've always wanted to go back or talk to my wife about buying land there. But unfortunately, um, there is a governor who uh, doesn't see any daylight because of the orifice that she lives in. Um, How is it being a firearms manufacturer, uh, a rifle seller, an accessory seller for a rifle that uh, is very much vilified in the state you guys are at? Which is sad because there are amazing companies that uh, produce products out of Oregon. But how do you guys deal with the, the political climate in a not so friendly state?
1: So it's actually really weird. In Salem, like I mentioned before, it's pretty much like 1995 there. So people don't really like the people that know that we're there are already manufacturing and, you know, firearms fans. Most people don't even know that we're there. So we don't really get bothered. I mean, online of course we'll get a little bit of harassment, you know, guns kill people and blah blah blah. But I mean, with us, we do everything that you can do in Oregon to be a manufacturer. We pay stupid amounts of taxes and go, you know, bounce through all the hoops that we have to, but it actually hasn't been the worst experience so far. Like I said, people don't even know that we're there. So nothing really.
2: Do you feel like as an individual living in Oregon, who's a firearms enthusiast, do you feel like the firearms community is proactive of what's going on in the state?
1: Mm. It's tough. Mm. I mean, I think a lot of people are a lot more talk than they are proactive on actually doing anything about it. But I mean, there's also, you know, you've seen our governor, you've seen everything. We don't, there's not really, especially with how things are going right now with all the firearms violence right now. I mean, it is kind of tough to um, argue our case, and you know, days of late. So, I mean, I think it could honestly be a lot worse right now. It's just not looking so bright for the future of Oregon and firearms, but
0: well, there's always Texas. No. There's always,
1: exactly. There's always Texas. <laughs> someday. someday just have to leave the state. I mean, we don't want to be like California, which I'm pretty sure we're going to be in a couple of years. So, No. know, nothing can be done. I mean, I'm glad that, like like I said, I don't really like Salem, but where we're at right now, it's not as bad. If we were up more towards Portland, I think that there'd be one million More issues. Luckily, since we're moving down to the Redmond Bend area, they actually have Nosler there and a few other manufacturers, and they're actually very, 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 very gun friendly. So that will be awesome.
2: (laughs) Reed, as you progress through Oregon, as you as soon as you cross through the uh, the Oregon California border, um, you hit Ashland, which is very liberal, and then you start getting red, and then you continue red until you're about halfway up the state, and then it turns blue again. It is a, it's a very kind of divided uh, state. And if you're in Eastern Oregon, you tend to probably be a little bit more gun friendly than you do if you're in Western Oregon. So yes. uh, it's very much a, uh, a bipolar state when it comes to uh, uh, guns. Portland and uh, the Salem area definitely have the population. So that's generally how the the state goes, but it drives those folks that are conservative gun owners or gun owners and firearms enthusiasts. Kind of crazy that the uh, two cities control where the the whole state goes. So I uh, I have hope that one day that uh, everything can be turned around. Um, I totally build a wall in Southern Oregon to keep uh, uh, anybody from moving up from California. No offense to California gun owners, but uh, it'd be great. We probably start it just north of Ashland. And then just give Ashland to uh, California. But
1: yeah. yeah, just cut it off. And <laughs> no, just, it you go.
2: Here, here's your gift. We'll, we'll take everything yeah. north of here. So, well, maybe well yeah. maybe Most
1: maybe. of our sales actually come from California, but not guns, obviously. So, suppressing for those people.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, I bet you could get a, uh, what is that? A uh, one of those online petitions? See if Trump will build a wall around Californians.
2: <laughs> I'm
1: sure it's been considered, but mostly by Californians. So.
2: Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's all. That's all I got, Reed. That's. <laughs>
0: well, I tell you what, Amanda. Uh, I know I'm a big fan of your uh, charging handles, and you know I'm sure that as soon as JD gets a chance to actually finish a rifle, he will be too. <laughs>
2: It's it's hopefully going to happen before you kick the bucket, Reed. I mean, I only got a few years, but I'll, I'll try to do my best so you can see that before you, before yeah. you go home.
0: Well, I'm hoping we get jet cars before I <laughs> die, too. And I'm not holding my breath for that, either. All righty. Well, J.D., why don't you uh, close this out, then?
2: Well, we say thank you to Amanda and Radiant Weapons for being on the show. If you have any questions or comments, uh, you can go to send us an email, ar15.podcast at gmail.com. That's ar15.podcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe and listen to the AR-15 podcast for free on iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, Your review helps the show place higher in searches for potential listeners. Uh, We also are active on Facebook and Instagram, facebook.com slash ar 15 podcast. Uh, and also at Instagram, at AR15Podcast. Yes, I posted a picture of my son shooting an AK-47 uh, yesterday. So, yeah, there are two ARs in the picture, too. So it, it slides. Um, with that, uh, we've wrapped up this episode with uh, Radian Weapons. And, uh, Amanda, tell us how they can get a hold of Radian.
1: Um, you can always give us a call, or the easiest way is always through email. You can email support at Radiant Weapons, Amanda at Radiant Weapons, or info at Radiant Weapons. And we do also have Facebook and Instagram, and we use Instagram like crazy. So that's also a super easy way to get to us.
2: Yeah. Awesome. And with that, Rita, I think we're in the books. All right. Ladies and
0: gentlemen, we will be back again. Can't stop us. Katie's tribe. <laughs> <laughs> People will share more with you next time. Have a good week.
1: Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
2: This has been a production of the Firearms Radio Network. You can find more information at firearmsradio.tv.